0: A federal appeals court heard our case involving the fire chief who was fired. One of our attorneys will help us understand what happened. Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Have you downloaded our app yet? It's an easy way to keep track of these conversations. You can watch it on the app, or you can just listen while you're driving or doing other things. It's free download. Just look for it. The First Liberty Live app. David Hacker is our Vice President of Litigation and Senior Counsel here at First Liberty. Hi, David. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for making time for us. This episode is a companion piece to what happened on Monday when our case involving Fire Chief Ron Hiddle, who's over my shoulder here, was heard at the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. If you want to hear that argument, uh, we did a little preview, Jeff Mateer and I did, of what was about to happen and then picked up the argument as it was happening. You can watch that on FirstLibertyLive.com if you want to get the detail there. So this is to help you along. If you watch that and you wonder, okay, what did I see? What happened in the course of that? So David, first, what was your impression of how it went? Were you happy with it?
1: Yeah, I, I thought the argument went very well uh, for our side. Uh, the judges asked you know, pointed questions about what happened to Chief Hill. And um, our advocate, Elizabeth Butler, did a great job of answering all those questions,
0: I thought. Let's talk about her a bit. Where is she from? What's her background?
1: So uh, Elizabeth is an attorney with the law firm of Baker Botts. And she and, and her co-counsel, Aaron Street, um, uh, were our uh, volunteer attorneys on this case and they just did an exceptional job I think with the briefs that they had to file at the court and then today's argument
0: if you watched it on Monday you didn't see Aaron but he's right outside of camera view right describe sure. the, the room for us what it was like as this was being cause it was held online I mean it's like a zoom meeting kinda of court session describe what the room was like where this was happening
1: yeah normally I mean we'd all be in the courtroom and you know we'd be sitting at a counsel table and the judges would be up at a at a, at a podium um, uh, above us, but here what we did is we actually just did it in our studio here at First Liberty. Um, we set it up so uh, Elizabeth was, uh, you know, the the star on Zoom, and uh, Aaron sitting to her side, you know, with the notes and uh, record and uh, notebooks that we need uh, for the argument. And I was sitting also off camera and just making sure everything uh, went well for the argument, really there to support Elizabeth and make sure she succeeds.
0: Part of the, the power of First Liberty Institute is that joining of the volunteer attorney mm-hmm. who in Baker Botts is, is a world-class law firm with our attorneys here who are specialists when it comes to religious freedom cases. Describe that relationship to help people understand how that works. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's a phenomenal relationship and we're so
1: blessed to have many volunteer attorneys at some of the biggest law firms in the world that work on our cases. and. Um, you know, many people come to First Liberty needing legal help with religious discrimination. Um, and we're you know able to pick cases that we think will have success and that we can win, and then we go and we partner with these large law firms um, who have many attorneys that are just, you know, really excited to do a religious liberty case. And so it's a huge blessing. Um, these are attorneys that are being hired by you know some of the biggest companies in in the world. Uh, on a normal day-to-day basis, and then they step in and they do a religious liberty case, like for uh, Chief Hittle.
0: I mean, that's a it's a win-win for everyone. And they do it pro bono; it's for free. That's right. That's yeah. Right. yeah. And, and that's it's just awesome that we get their their expertise with that and then match it with First Liberty. It's just phenomenal. I, what did she have to accomplish in the courtroom? Uh, what was the goal going in? What were you trying to do? You know, um, for an oral argument like
1: that at, at the appellate stage, um, you've already written these long uh, documents that we call briefs. They're actually not very brief. They're <laughs> yeah. you know, many pages long um, outlining our legal argument. And the court, the judges have already read all that. Uh, By the time they get to oral argument. So really your purpose when you step up to the lectern there is to be available to answer the judge's questions. Beyond that, if you can uh, make your most important points, maybe your two to three most important points as to why you should win, Mm -hmm. that's your other goal. But really, you're there to be a help to the court and to answer their questions, see what they're struggling with. Maybe it's something about the facts. Maybe it's something about the law. And you're there to, to, to help them work through that.
0: And if you haven't watched many of these, sometimes it will appear like one of the judges is really going after an attorney. But they're just trying to, to fine tune a point to understand what's in and what's out. Right. That's right. That's right. And I think today,
1: uh, you know, or on, on Monday, you saw um, that uh, one of the judges in particular had a lot of questions mm-hmm. and was really diving into what happened to Chief Hittle. When he got fired by the city of Stockton, and wanted to know a lot of particulars about the decision to fire him and what it was based on, and so a lot of Elizabeth's job, at least at that point, was to answer his questions, point him to the the record, and and where things uh, are, you know, were uh, recorded in the record in terms of depositions and you know affidavits and all that legal stuff. Um, but that's her job is to help him work through those questions.
0: And this this whole case hinges on we're saying a violation of the Civil Rights Act explain how this hinges on that but what, what makes it a civil rights case and uh, what what was the court trying to ferret out to make sure that it really does fit on that
1: right so the Civil Rights Act says that uh, a business um, or the government uh, that has a certain number of employees um, can't discriminate on several different uh, protected characteristics such as race sex national origin and religion Right. And so um, what that means is if you're uh, employed by a city government, like in this case, or maybe by a larger company, um, they can't use religion as a basis to uh, punish you in your job or to ultimately fire you uh, from your job. And that's what happened to Chief Hiddle here, um, is he was fired for attending a leadership conference that happened to be held at a church.
0: Let's uh, Give me just the three-sentence version of his case for those that haven't heard it before. Explain it just as simply as you can.
1: Sure. So uh, Ron Hittle was the fire chief of the city of Stockton in California. And uh, one of his uh, uh, city managers came to him and said, hey, you really should get some leadership training. And so he learned about this global leadership summit that's um, uh, put on by Willow Creek Church up yep. in Chicago. Uh, they were having a, a session of that at a church in the Bay Area. He grabbed a couple of his managers from the fire department and said, "Hey, let's go over there." Uh, they paid their own way and went, and they heard from world-class, you know, leaders in business like Jack Welch of uh, GE and Sh- Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook. And I mean, these are people that you would hear at any, uh, you know, premier leadership event. Yeah. Um, it just happened that it was put on by Willow Creek Church, and it w- and it took place at a church in the Bay Area, and so. But- Go ahead. And, and so that was really the reason that, uh, that that was the sole reason the city got uh, so upset at Chief Hiddle um, was because he attended, quote, a religious event, which it wasn't a religious event. It was a
0: leadership seminar. That happened um, to be at a church. That happened to be at a church, and so they fired him for that. Yeah. I, the, there seemed to be some fussing, and, and not an attorney, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand what I saw, over who paid for it. I mean, I, I heard the one judge say, well, the city paid for it, right? Mm-hmm. They they paid for their transportation and everything. But then our argument is, no, they paid for it themselves. Why the discrepancy there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess there, there's uh, some discrepancy there. The facts in the case, though, are that uh, uh, Chief Hiddle and, and his uh, co-managers from the department, they paid for it themselves. Yeah. And, um, you know, they did go during city time, I guess. But uh, at the same time, he, he was encouraged by the city to go mm-hmm. get this leadership training. And they weren't specific about what it needed to be. And he thought, well, hey, I can go hear from these world-renowned corporate leaders. yeah What an opportunity. And who, who wouldn't want to take that up?
0: <laughs> and I've been to a Willow Creek. Session, uh, one of their their leadership seminars, and I was I was frankly because I didn't know a lot about it going in was was surprised and and impressed by the breadth of the talent that was on the stage yeah. one after another after another people I wouldn't have expected to see even uh, that that aren't if I can say it this way not churchy people I'm not saying whether they're Christian or not I don't know but that's not what they're known for right. it's not like they're they're stars in the Christian realm and, and just written a book these are people who have broad uh, audiences that they get to speak to or big companies that they get to lead. Um, In employment cases uh, that have a civil rights violation in them, the other attorney, the one for the opposite side, will often start saying, well, they were also fired for this and for this Mm -hmm. and for this and for this, and we heard that. That's exactly what the attorney did. Unpack that for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to do if you're defending the employer's decision to to fire somebody. You're going to come up with all these other reasons why they should have been fired. The problem here is that the city of Stockton put it in writing. Not only that, they had an investigator come in. The investigator concluded that the religious nature of the leadership conference, uh, the fact that it was held at a church, was the reason that uh, Chief Hittle should be punished. And when the city ultimately made its decision to fire him, they did it because of the religious nature of the conference. Now, they can say there's all these other reasons in addition to that, But they still made a decision based on religion, which the law doesn't allow.
0: And and not to get too deep into this, but the attorney for the city, that's his job. He's just making the best case he can. So he's going to say, well, he did this and he did this and he did this and he did this. But really, when you look at the record, it just doesn't matter, right? That's right. Yeah, it, it just doesn't matter under the law.
1: They used religion as one reason to terminate him, and that's sufficient for... For his case, for, his, for him to prevail at the appellate court there.
0: I got a text after it was over uh, from someone who was watching the rebuttal. That's when uh, Elizabeth Butler for our side mm-hmm. uh, had a few minutes at the very end to, to make her final uh, appeal and the one judge kept asking question after question. It seemed like she couldn't finish a thought, and, and this uh, the person who texted me was not happy about that. Uh, as someone who watches these all the time, is that normal? Is that how it goes? Yeah, and you know, I've done lots of arguments like this,
1: and it's not unusual for one judge to have a lot of questions. Um, this one obviously did, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, that, it, like I said at the beginning, that's one of the reasons you have an oral argument uh, in a case like this is so that uh, the judges can get their questions answered. And you're actually thankful that they're asking them because that you're helping them work through some of those more challenging points in the case and hopefully understand that your client should win based on what the record and the law says.
0: And, and notice she very graciously said, I see my time is up. Am I allowed to answer the question? And Judge Gould said, Absolutely, you may. Go ahead. That, you know, that's go ahead.
1: right. And, and that's just proper decorum. You know, when you're at the appellate court, it's uh, the, the court and the, the, the presiding judge, Judge Gould, um, he decides, uh, you know, whether you can have extra time to answer a question or not. Sometimes they're more strict. Sometimes they want those answers. And so, thank, you know, I'm thankful that he gave her a little bit more time to answer the question.
0: Those of us who don't follow these things real closely all wonder what happens next. So what do the three judges do and when might we expect an outcome?
1: Yeah, so what they do after argument typically is they'll go back, they'll um, uh, meet, and they'll uh, vote on which way they think the case should go. Yeah. Um, and then it they'll um, start writing an opinion if it's unanimous. If there's disagreement, if it's two to one, um, then there will be two opinions being written, usually a, a majority and a, and a dissent. And uh, that'll take some time. It'll take many months. It could... Could come out in four months. It could come out in 12 to 24 months. It yeah. just, this is the Ninth Circuit. They're extremely busy. They have a huge geographic reach in the Western part of the country. And uh, they do have a lot of judges, but they have a lot more cases. And so they're just, uh, they're very. it's a very busy court. And so it could take some time for us to actually get a decision. But like I said, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, we'll get a good decision for Chief Hiddle in the end.
0: So basically now we wait That's
1: right, <laughs> and wait some more. That's right. Anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? You know, I just want to say thank you to um, our, our volunteer attorneys at Baker Botts, Elizabeth um, and Aaron. Um, I also want to say thank you to um, one of our co-counsel, uh, Alan Reinach, who um, he was actually one of the trial court uh, attorneys for Chief Hittle. And um, who we've had the pleasure of working with on several cases now, uh, Alan's with the Church-State Council, which is a branch of the Seventh Day uh, Adventist Church, and mm-hmm. he is uh, an expert in employment law. And so, you know, Chief Hittle couldn't have had a better group of attorneys uh, in the trial court. Uh, Alan was part of that team, and we're privileged to be still working with him on the appeal
0: now. And Alan is also with us on the Groff case, which That's we've right. got at the Supreme Court in just a few weeks. That's right. That's right. Yeah,
1: Alan. Like I said, I mean, he he is a employment law expert. He's been doing this for many years. He just has a tremendous ministry through the Church State Council. Uh, him and and Randy Wanger, who's at the Independence Law Center in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. they worked on Gerald Groff's case in the trial court and the, and uh, worked with us at the appellate court. And now we're going to stand next to
0: him in the U.S. Supreme Court in about a month or so, a little yeah. less than that. Yeah. So, yeah. April 18th I think is the, right. the day. We will be live on the steps of the US Supreme Court and uh, much as we did on Monday, we will share that argument as it happens. The Supreme Court doesn't let you watch, but you can listen to the audio that they stream out live, so we'll be sharing that with you here in just a few weeks. If you want to see, we had an interview with Alan Reinock and Randy Wenger just a week ago on live.com So if you go to FirstLibertyLive.com, uh, you can find that interview and hear what they have to say. Looking forward to the Gerald Broff case. David, thank you so much. So much I appreciate the work you do. You guys do awesome work here at First Liberty. Thank you. Very proud of you. Uh, we invite you to subscribe at firstliberty.live let me say it right, at firstlibertylive.com uh, so that you can keep up with these conversations and all that's going on. As we mentioned, we're going to be at the Supreme Court in just a few weeks. You won't want to miss that. Uh, so firstlibertylive.com, just look for the subscribe button up there uh, on the page, and it will, not- will notify you by email when we have new episodes that are coming out. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.